Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? My name is Brett Valentini. I'm hosting the Southside Sox on the farm, down on the farm, whatever. It has something to do with the farm podcast. Number 17. You know, it's been three weeks. Did you miss us? Oh, I know you did. I promised them like every week, maybe like two a week. And we were off for a while. I figured out why. <laughs> it doesn't have to do with the fact that the, we were supposed to do a podcast tonight celebrating the White Sox clinching the division. <laughs> Didn't happen. Uh, but you know what? I just found, I just now found out breaking news. Darren Black has abandoned the Chicago White Sox as his franchise. Check it yeah. out. If you're watching, Oakland A's fan. Can you believe this? Oakland A's. Oakland yeah. Athletics, Kansas City Athletics, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Athletics. He's an elephant man now. What can we say? He's an elephant man. So I did manage yeah. to. It took some cajoling. I did manage to get him back onto the podcast. He's going to pretend he still cares about the White Sox. And we're going to run through the system a bit. I'll uh, summarize what we're going to do here on this podcast in a second. But uh, Darren, um, welcome. Appreciate you gracing us uh, with a little bit of your time, uh, seeing as how you're a West Coaster now. Yeah, I just, I've always been a big Eddie Collins fan and Frank Thomas fan. So it was alive for both of them. So yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic, it's a- fantastic hat. <laughs> it's only fair. And um I, also, you figure it can't beat them, join them. Every trade the White Sox make with the A's, yeah. we lose. So, hey, True, yeah. go with where. Oh, yeah. And Tony LaRusso fan. Almost forgot. Oh, God. Who can forget? <laughs> that was just a given, Darren. Just a given. Oh, um, and Jose Canseco. Oh, my God. So many overlaps. There are a lot of connections. So maybe, well, uh, well, if you have a spare hat, maybe I'll wear one next time. Uh, <laughs> we are on number 17. Again, we were off for a few weeks. Well, you know, little things happen, like the one playoff team not making the playoffs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the season ending for three, four affiliates. Uh, and I think that's basically what we're going to center this podcast around. We're going to take a look at f- four of those teams, two still playing, of course, at the very bottom, uh, Dominican summer league teams still playing, uh, because you're devoted readers of the nightly <laughs> updates. And of course, uh, AAA Charlotte, though they're playing for nothing, they are actually technically still playing. You might not know it, but they are actually still playing there in Charlotte. So the middle four, The meat of the sandwich we are going to discuss. We're going to run through sort of briefly here, Darren and I. We're going to talk about things that have surprised us. Um, You know, it's going to be players more more than likely, but with which each of those teams, a bit of an overview in coming weeks. We do plan on uh, drilling down a little more deeply into each team uh, to whatever degree they are worthy of it. But, you know, we'll go maybe get into a little more detail about most of the guys on each roster uh, having had all the seasons wrapping up. 
Darren, I, um, I rarely get questions asked of me on these podcasts. And I think I figure the reason why out and that is because I don't really know much. But you know what, I'm going to jump to the head of the line. I'm going to answer our question first. Okay. We're going to start with Birmingham. And the surprise, uh, I think it was already alluded to, but the surprise that I have with Birmingham is the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. Darren, it's not exactly 1964 Phillies or the 1978 Boston Red Sox, but this is a team that basically could have fallen, just tripped into the playoffs. They went uh, 0-4 to finish the season. The Montgomery Biscuits, I believe, who caught them head-to-head, went 6-0 and to finish the season. And then on top of it, Darren, another surprising aspect of this yeah. is how, how it ended up happening. Montgomery moved a half game ahead of Birmingham in, a, I guess, a rain-shortened, delayed win. I think it was only seven innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I believe it was supposed to be a doubleheader the next day. Maybe it was just a single game. I'm not sure. Yeah, but that just got header. completely banged. And yeah, so <laughs> essentially Montgomery, not even a division winner, falls in the playoffs uh, Birmingham, who really thought they I, mean, if I have to figure they thought it was in the bag, had a really good season, but then somehow ends up falling a half game short of the playoffs. And I think even though we haven't talked in a while, I think three weeks ago, we would have said it'd be pretty surprising if Birmingham doesn't make the playoffs. And lo and behold, they did not make the playoffs. Yeah. So they first off, they still won their division, uh, but because of when the season started COVID, well, I guess COVID's bad again, but when the season started, it was, we were coming off this huge wave. And so they were like, well, are there even going to be playoffs? Who knows? Um, So they were just like in the middle of the season, I think they just said top two teams, regardless of whether they win the division, make the playoffs. And yeah, so it it came down to percentage points. Um, I think the Barons played fewer games than the Biscuits. Uh, but yeah, the Barons lost four straight. All they needed to do was win one, <laughs> and they didn't. And then going into it was this past Sunday. Um, they, I, I believe, they would have needed to win both games yeah. to advance in the doubleheader. Um, but they didn't even play the doubleheader because it got rained out, both yeah. of them. Um, and they were holding out for a long time because I was doing the minor league updates, and they were holding out for a good five hours before oh, wow. they even decided to uh get rid of the game um and then they were like yeah there's no point so Um, so the barons basically conceded uh conceded the division because of rain at the end so it wasn't a home cooking rain out like that saturday one where it's like oh well so we got enough innings in let's just uh let's let's take the lead in the division or let's take the lead in the playoffs uh white Sox, seriously i we're not joking white Sox do not take a cue from the barons white Sox. let's just wrap this thing up Yes, that would be like the night. It would be worse than the 1964 Phillies or 1978 Red Sox. So White Sox, don't uh, do this. What was it? The 2010 Sox that had that three game lead with two weeks left and then like one, two games and 10 of the season. Uh, Yeah, Um, got to witness that firsthand, Darren. Okay, uh, I'm assuming (laughs) you're not going to pick like the team bus you're actually going to pick a player i think i can figure out who the good oh, surprise yeah. might be but why don't you lay a good and bad surprise on us from the baron season this year darren yeah so the good um i tried to stick with uh you know guys that actually deserve to get props not like a couple years older guys that are not you know um so Romy gonzalez that was pretty easy um <laughs> like he had his best <laughs> career he had his best year ever he made it all the way to the big leagues from double a when no one was expecting that he would even leave double a this season. Yeah. So you kind of have to go him. He showed a lot more pop than, I mean, anybody thought. Um, and he, it looked, it might've not as looked as good if he was an outfielder, but now he's a shortstop that's hitting 20 homers a, a year in, in the minors, but it is probably more difficult to hit homers in Birmingham than maybe just, thinking park than anywhere else in the white Sox organization um and he made it all the way to the bigs uh he he didn't really play a ton in you know with the white Sox, struck out a ton um but got a decent amount of hits got a lot to prove in major leagues but he's proved every no one would have been expecting that heading into 2021 so 
thumbs up surprise. Um, thumbs down surprise is uh, a little bit of a, I mean, it's surprising the fact that he was promoted and then did so terribly to end the season. Um, it was Jason B. Jason Below. <laughs> yeah, right. um, however, we still don't really know his name. <laughs> Uh, which now that I know Jason Benetti says Romy Gonzalez, now I'm sticking with that. Mm. Um, so no more Romy for me. But okay. For Jason B, um, he did really, really well with the Winston-Salem Dash. Um, only really lasted uh, like a few starts, striking out a ton of guys, not walking. Both of those numbers went down. So Or well, strike out, or walks went up uh, too much for him. And K's, though still high, went down, um, which is not a good combination right. to do well. Um, you can say, well, the expected stats in fifth looked better, uh, but still not where you want someone that uh, you were hoping could get to the majors one day uh, would be. Um, I think this season pretty much takes out the fact that he's going to be a starter going forward. Mm. I would expect him to be a reliever to see if they can get anything more out of him next year. Um, maybe start him in Winston-Salem again as a closer or what have you, um, and then see how well he does and then move him up quickly if he keeps doing well. Um, but I think this year sank his chances to be a starting pitcher in the majors, so got to give a thumbs down to Jason B. I'll give him the thumbs up to Romy Gonzalez. Romy Gonzalez, sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be hard to have you. You know, listen, I thought, you know, I mean, come on, you're the expert. I, I was deferring to you there for a while, yeah. but in the yeah. back of my head, I thought, it just can't be. It just can't be. Uh, and Romy sounds the, better. The thing that's that's <laughs> tough about uh, Belus, Belaus, uh, Jason B, is is yeah. we're desperate. We're hungry to be able to really promote and get hyped. It'll be interesting to see yeah. if there's even a good surprise anywhere pitching wise in the system in the sandwich teams of the system, because I mean, we're hungry for it. He did. He wouldn't have had, I guess what I'm trying to say is he wouldn't have had to really uh, do backflips for us to be like, okay, uh, sort of promising. Hey, let's see what he does in Charlotte. And and, and he really did sort of claim out. I will offer in addition to the team, I'll offer a guy who's sort of like both a bad and good surprise. Uh, Shout out to Tommy Barbie. It's Mike Rodolfo because obviously on the good end, he, he delivered his best power season, certainly home run season. He got promoted to Charlotte in a sort of delayed promotion, but of course the bad side is it's too little too late, you know, for, for Mike and the White Sox. It just doesn't seem like there's any way that marriage can last in a 2022. Uh, It does bode well for his career somewhere. I think to have this season Mm -hmm. under his belt, despite clearly some, some real holes still in his game, Somebody out there uh, needs to give him a shot. But tell me this. We talked about this a little bit, Darren. And, you know, this is just, this is what the podcast is for, is just to teach Brett things. So we've talked about the fact that that the reasons why it's very uh, slim chance Mike or Sticks with the Whites essentially has to make the team out of spring training and basically not get uh, sent down all, all season, which is just mm-hmm. highly improbable, despite the gaping hole in right field and the fact that 60 guys in the outfield were injured. Like, okay. Yeah. So let's pretend it's a normal year or whatever, but here's the thing. Okay. Say um, uh, he's DFA'd uh, pirates claim him. pirates, put him major roster. Then what happens Every, if, if, if Pittsburgh wants to demote him because he's, he's doing poorly or whatever, does he then, is he on waivers again? Mm-hmm. Is he just perpetually yeah. on waivers? And at what point is yep. he not on waivers Ever. Uh, he has to never be sent down again, or he'll always be, I guess, technically you're being, uh, you're not being DFA'd at that point because you're still on the 40 man roster. Uh, but you, I'm not even sure. I'm not a huge roster guru guy, so I'm not sure what the actual waivers are called in that instance. Okay. Um, Cause again, you're not being DFA'd. Maybe it's revocable waivers. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure, but whenever he gets sent down, he will always be on waivers to be claimed because uh, he has no more option years. He was a young guy coming up. Um, again, they signed him when he was 20, uh, when he was 17. So that clock starts right when he mm-hmm. gets uh, starts playing. Um, and he's now at the point where he's been on the 40 man for three years. Um, so we can, or maybe two. Um, and he can't be, uh, you know, demoted anymore because each time the season starts and you're on the 40 man, you're demoted when you're not on the major league roster. Right. Um, so he just doesn't have any more options. So, so next he, year, if he doesn't make the Sox, um, he'll be demoted. Maybe someone will grab him. 
someone probably will grab him, but he'll always be on that limbo. So next year for him, he's in a scenario where he could end up finding himself jumping from team to team. Now at the end of next year, then he is just, he's a free agent. And so from there, teams will say, I'm going to sign you a minor league deal, major league deal, whatever. But then, then it's a whole, it's a different deal. Cause right now we're talking about the very end of his team control. So that's the transition we're talking about going into like from, from 20 to 22 to 23. So I, I don't believe that's his team control because I don't think his arbitration years have started. Okay, that's true. I yeah. think you right. have to actually play Jesus. X amount of games. This guy isn't be a free agent until he's 48 yeah. years old. <laughs> yeah, which is why when people, like, now that the Cubs have some pretty good, like, 30-year-old rookies, people are like, well, team control until he's 36 or 37 because, you know, they, haven't, don't, they don't have enough MLB service time. Um, but the Sox had that problem with Yermin Mercedes. Um, now we don't really know what's going to happen with him. Because right. he, A, didn't end the season very well in AAA, and B, you know, doesn't have a position. C, he kind of was a lot of stuff. not nice. A lot of stuff. Too. And meanwhile, the T-shirts are piling up in the Southside Sox stock yeah. room. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, we spent a lot of time on Birmingham. Uh, apologies, podcast audience, but you know you love us. And you're getting your money's worth. You're getting your money's worth. Okay, let's move down to Winston-Salem. I have a ready answer, but I'm not going to give it because you're probably going to cover it. Give me some surprises for the Winston-Salem Dash. By the way, I think I inserted this into one of your updates because I just got suddenly very curious. And Lord knows I wanted to stay up even later editing. And I did look up and I want to say they were at some point they were 17 and 15. And essentially they lost more at a rate of more than two out of three the rest of the season. They just after about what, what would that yeah. be a third of the season, a quarter of the season, they just tanked as, as bad as anyone in the organization, uh, sort of a sad season for the dash. Give mm-hmm. me some surprises. Yeah. The dash probably had the weakest um, team in terms of prospect value. Uh, they had a lot of guys that you could say like, Oh, like yeah. Yoki Cespedes was there. Eventually Jose Rodriguez is there at some point. Um, so it's like, Oh, you've got two of the top guys there, but um, it was just those two and those guys either started in Canapolis and came late and then moved again, or Yolke was kind of thrust forward. Um, but in terms of surprises, again, there's not a lot of prospects capital. So the guy that personally surprised me was Gilbert Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he didn't surprise me when he was with the dash. He did just so well with the Barons. <laughs> Um, that I was like, whoa, he, if you're improving from your high A stats to double A stats, that's something to take notice and take watch for the future. Um, and now he's also going to be in the Arizona Fall League. So the Sox mm. definitely saw like, hey, prove that to me against better competition um, later on this season. And we talked uh, about but- we talked that about, about that a little, uh, Darren, already, and I think it'll come up again with other prospects uh, at some point, the idea that he almost got this, like, well, you're so old, you have to go to Birmingham. And then he gets a Birmingham. I, I think, I think we made know. a comparison. We talked about it with, uh, with Gonzalez is wait, you're killing it at a tougher level when you haven't necessarily even proven at the lower level that you're like keeping your head above water. And that's the kind of stuff that really makes your eyes open. And I think that's what put uh, Sanchez sort of back. I guess he never fell off, but, but really back on the prospect list, not just because the system sucks so badly, but because he deserves to have a little bit of a, uh, to, to be on the list with a bullet because uh, this has been a, a massive redemption season for him because the offense mm-hmm. is sort of there suddenly. Yeah. So the, the way he played in double a is the way that kind of, if you looked and projected out his stats to be like, he needs to be this type of player to be successful with the white Sox. The season he had in double a is basically where he needs to be. Uh, again, he's not a power guy. Uh, a little too short, not too heavy for that. Um, but he is a guy that has fantastic bat-to-ball skills. Um, again, not like Mick, Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal is out of this world with bat-to-ball skills. Mm-hmm. He's not at that level, or he'd be with the White Sox if he was yeah. at that level. They wouldn't have traded for Cesar Hernandez. But, right. um, but so the walk spell, but also the strikeout spell. Um, and so if he's swinging the bat that often and getting on base still, um, again, they're probably going to be singles uh, mostly, but for a guy like that, you just kind of want him to dink the ball around everywhere mm-hmm. and just not strike out. Um, again, we're not, ex- I'm not expecting him to come to the majors and have a 200 hit season. I'm still thinking utility and fielder. 
Hmm. Um, when all says when it all comes down, but if you're thinking how Lieri played this season, hitting, I don't know, like what is he like 260, 270 at this hmm. point uh, with a little pop, hmm. uh, great defense. That's what Yolbert Sanchez should be able to provide. And if you're coming on as a pinch hitter, hitting, uh, I mean, he's probably not going to hit 340 in the majors, but if he's hitting 280 in the in majors uh, as a pinch hitter um, or as a kind of a platoon second baseman whenever we get to that point of who the next second baseman is um like that's a fantastic guy to have in your bench Mm -hmm. um and so that's what i'm thinking uh his future is um and we'll know more in the arizona fall league if he's still successful there who's uh on a team that i think won approximately (laughs) zero games the last two-thirds of the season who who stood out as the biggest appointment disappointment to you darren so half of this, uh, or well, yeah, half of it is because of injury, um, but also just kind of the oddness of how long he was out for and not really much information. It was Bryce Bush. Um, oh, yeah. Again, still has that prospect luster from, or had it coming into the season from his uh, little like fantastic Arizona, mm-hmm. I guess it was AZL at that point, uh, season once he was drafted at a high school. Um, which is great. Guy gets out of high school, does really well, and then gets actually promoted from that point. That's good. Two thumbs up. Um, but he has just tanked it since. Um, hasn't really shown anything. Uh, defense was always a problem, and they were trying to figure out where to put him. They finally decided uh, outfield, like they do with everybody else. <laughs> um, and it just didn't work out. Uh, again, he's coming off injuries, or well, he was injured this season so he could easily bounce back but it's just a trend of him not performing well and getting injured and not performing well enough to deserve to be back um so he's kind of in limbo hopefully he doesn't turn into an Alec Hansen situation where he's like remember that guy was that good um but that's kind of the trajectory that he's taken hey Darren at least Alec Hansen's playing I mean better yeah, worse he is playing, playing. <laughs> It might be for worse for the Barons. Bryce Bush, you were like, I was like, oh my God, I forgot about Bryce Bush. So Yeah, uh, he had a weird game with the Arizona Complex League this one time, and then he just wasn't seen ever again. Darren, it was was just Bryce's turn to to keep the book. So he got activated (laughs) for the one uh, day, he kept the book, and then he was back rehabbing. All right, we're going to take a break. And who not? Uh, uh, Darren sent me some breaking news with that. It's probably been out for three weeks about the Arizona Fall League. But I think when we come back, we're going to talk a little Arizona Fall League very briefly, like maybe if there's any more names. And then we're going to talk about the two lowest rung teams who actually have their season finished. We're going to do that right after our little break in, I don't know, either a second or a minute. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Okay, it was either a second or a minute, but we're back with Southside Sox down on the farm podcast number 17. I think it's number 17. We wanted it to be podcast number you now 60 odd something celebrating popping champagne. Everybody be drunk on camera, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. White Sox, what are you doing to us? White Sox, <laughs> come on. We got to now. I, I'm not even counting on it tomorrow. Now it's going to be like some kind of Thursday thing because they're going to play 16 games on no. Thursday. So God They'll win tomorrow, just... but also Cleveland will win. So then they yeah. have to keep extending. It could very well be. It could very well <laughs> be. Uh, but we have been talking uh, about the four teams in the White Sox system, all the sandwich teams in the middle, not the DSL, or Charlotte AAA uh, that have finished their seasons, uh, including Birmingham, who, boy, if you didn't hear it, rewind, listen to the first half because what a catastrophic finish for the Birmingham Barons, a team we love. 
a front office we love, players who have even uh, uh, fed the White Sox this year, for God's sake. So, man, Birmingham, what are you doing? Uh, okay, wait. Uh, because I'm uh, asleep half the time, waking hours, because I'm a vampire, uh, I haven't heard anything about the Arizona Fall League, other than the fact that they are starting, I think, October 14th. Uh, there's no schedule yet, I don't believe, uh, but apparently there are some players, including Gilbert Yul- Sanchez. Do you have any other players, Darren Black, breaking news, even if it's been sitting yeah. out for a couple of weeks? <laughs> So this was a, this is from a James Spiegan tweet from uh, September 20th. It's Yolki Cespedes, uh, Jose Rodriguez, Yolbert Sanchez. Uh, those are your position players. Uh, then pitchers are Caleb Freeman, J.B. Olsen, McKinley Moore, and Johan Dominguez. Uh, so they've got seven guys going. Um, unfortunately, the <laughs> not really any of the starting pitchers we thought maybe would have deserved an AFL appearance uh, at the beginning of the season uh, deserved it. And they did not go uh, even if some seasons were shortened by injury, Um, but a decent group of guys there, including probably two of the best relievers in the system in Caleb Freeman and McKinley Moore. Uh, obviously all the eyes are going to be on Jose Rodriguez though. And J.B. Olsen, who apparently just had his name picked out of a hat because they needed a seventh guy, which that's yeah. an interesting one. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And thank you, James Vegan, uh, by association. Uh, I had missed that. So thank you for breaking that to me again. These podcasts are all, it's not, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. It's not about you. It's about just me learning. Uh, it's about me learning how to be an Oakland A's <laughs> fan. Cause apparently Darren Black has turn coded us and he is now in the Bay area. <laughs> repping uh, Jose Canseco and Tony LaRussa's and the Bash Brothers. He, you know, listen, he, it was before his time. It was before his time, but he's yeah. always, always dreamed yeah. of, of rooting for the Bash Brothers. So, all right, yeah. <laughs> uh, your steroids are in the mail, Darren. That will be your payment for this podcast. Okay, let's talk about, oh, where are we at? We're at low A. <laughs> low A, Canapolis. The most hilarious team in the bad, system. Bad, bad. God bless you, Canapolis. And actually, probably if you take a certain frame, like September or at least, I don't know, last two-thirds of the season, they're probably actually maybe better than Winston-Salem. But, wow, Ballyhood, uh, and by all accounts, terrific new park, uh, new name, new logo, new mascot, new this, new that, probably new snacks at the ballpark. And wow, you just, you, you, you couldn't whoopee cushion a season worse than the Canapolis Cannonballers did. Uh, that said, um, a couple real hitting stars uh, lay at least the good news. If you could come up with somebody, lay it on me, Darren. Yeah. So obviously um, the, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's probably the biggest surprise just that he went to double A, uh, Jose Rodriguez. Um, he did pretty well in Canapolis. Uh, he mainly had a really good uh, first month of the season and then kind of was the same player after that, uh, which shows some power sometimes never really slumped ever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and when I say never slumped, like he really didn't, he'd never had an extended period <laughs> where he was bad, uh, which was probably the most remarkable part of his time in Canapolis. Uh, but then he went to the dash and just started he just hit all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as a lot of singles. Um, and I remember being worried about that. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about remembering like it's 10 years ago it was last <laughs> month. Um, well, let's, to be honest, Darren, you were a White Sox fan back then. So it does seem like yeah, it's a, true. You know, yeah, it was that yeah. long ago. Yeah. But he um, and then his last week, week and a half, maybe two, uh, he started uh, showing that gap power. Um, and I've talked on here before, but you really just got to see his swing, his swing screams 20, 25 homers, maybe 30 if he adds some weight. Um, and obviously he's only 20 years old, so he has plenty of time to kind of fill out his frame. Um, but his swing is vicious. Uh, and somehow he actually doesn't strike out a ton, which is very impressive. Um, didn't really play a ton in double A, so you don't even really want to talk about his stats because they didn't, I mean, those four games didn't look great but still fantastic for the whole entire season, uh, wherever he was. Uh, just really surprising. And I'm sure if you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays, they have like one of these guys every Everywhere. other game. But yeah. the fact that this guy, and again, defensively, let's forget the fact he, he literally at this point has no position on the field, but that, you know, he's 20. Okay. You know, let's, yeah, we can cool it on that. Um, 
But he, he not, I mean, we just talked about Yolbert Sanchez, but I mean, he took what Yolbert Sanchez did and like quadrupled it. The fact that he just like his eyes got wider with every level he moved up. Uh, and, and as you're pointing out, the power came. Uh, it, it's truly extraordinary. And I mean, it's so exciting to be able to talk about a guy that really makes you go, hold on a second. Like you got to re- rewind the at-bat to watch it again. Because White Sox, I mean, baseball teams don't have that many guys. And certainly the White Sox, even after this last, you know, flush of talent up to the major leagues, I don't know how many of those guys necessarily qualify in the Jose Rodriguez 2021 category. Let's hope the guy can sustain it. But man, it looks like the Scott, it goes from, Hey, Prospect was sort of like, I mean, you know, some of us were hyped about him, but I mean, even me sort of being a little hyped, I yeah. was like, well, who else, you know, who else is there? I sort of like him to like, Holy cats. This guy yeah, you could gotta be pay attention. Yeah. Big time. So, um, well, uh, Hey, Darren, on the Canapolis Cannonballers this year, can were you surprised by anyone's poor performance? Uh, poor performance. Um, uh, it, was there anybody I wasn't surprised? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the oddest answer. <laughs> um, so you could you could pick out a bunch of people, um, but uh, the fact that it's become more of a debate of who the better prospect is, Jose Rodriguez or Jared Kelly says both fan- mm-hmm. fantastic things about Rodriguez and awful things about Kelly. Because yeah. this is supposed to be Kelly's coming out, uh, like, obviously his first season. He got an aggressive placement and just totally fell flat on his face for the entire season. Uh, he kept showing some bright spots, uh, <laughs> to say it nicely. Yeah. But most of the time, it was really bad command, uh, which we knew when he was coming out. Uh, coupled with injuries, he got hit a ton. Um, he was striking out people at a decent rate if you were in the majors, but uh, just slightly over one per nine innings is not good for you know a top prospect in your system or the top prospect in your system. That's not good enough. And he also was walking basically the same amount as he was striking out. Um, next season is going to be huge for him. From everything that I've read from people that uh, were there and timed his stuff, his stuff looked fine. It looked like the guy that was drafted. He just couldn't pitch, Mm. Uh, whether he was injured and literally couldn't pitch or he was on the mound and was walking too many people or getting too deep into counts. Um, And that really hampered himself down down the stretch because he had a ton of games where he just was throwing 30 uh, pitches in the first inning and then either was pulled that inning or pulled – uh, very fairly quickly in the second because he yeah. lost the first guy. Right. Um, just really an abysmal first year. Let's uh, broaden the disappointment a bit and say before the season, if you'd said the reason why Canapolis was going to win their division, because they were the most hyped team in this system, would it be because of the offense or the rotation? You would have said the rotation. So I'm going to broaden my answer to say not just Jared Kelly, but also Matthew Thompson and Drew Dahlquist being this sort of hyped trio that really was supposed to kill and really maybe aside, I mean, I know they all had their moments, Dahlquist and Thompson seemed to finish strong. I think at least two strong starts to finish, uh, which is good. It's what you want. Um, just a disappoint, given that that was supposed to be the anchor, maybe the best soul like position in the whole mm-hmm. system. You know, I know it's sort of broad to call starting rotation a position, but, uh, and for them to, well, they're terrible. Uh, and, and not that they're the reason why Canapolis finished like 28 and 300, but uh, a big, big reason why. I mean, they completely, their their parachute had a hole in it. And I mean, uh, Thompson got his bearings. I'm not really sure how, I don't think Dahlquist did quite as well, even uh, down the stretch at the end of the season. I, I know they had their moments, but uh, for that trio to have failed so badly, not one guy uh, take the next step and, and sort of be a star, even if maybe the other two faltered or spun their wheels a little bit. Uh, extraordinary disappointment to me. As for good surprises, let's just acknowledge some guys who have been, as you've been really great in doing all year, uh, who've been sort of in Jose Rodriguez's shadow. First and foremost, I think Brian Ramos, a uh, really yeah, terrific year he had. Uh, Luis Mieses, who, you know, sort of like went up and down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, to some degree, also Harvin Mendoza, although I think Mises has maybe a better all-around player profile, given that he's he's a defender. Uh, some guys in the midst, both in the shadow of an awful season and Jose yeah. Rodriguez. When, when, when you're playing with Popeye, you're going to be in the shadows. Everybody's everybody's a Bluto or a Sweet Pea next to Popeye. So, 
but you know, still some bright moments, not reflected in the record, but but there were some rays of sunshine hitting uh, truest field or whatever the heck it is, a new new ballpark there. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, I guess, let's move down. The very short season, they're already done. DSLs, they're looking at Arizona like, why, why are we still playing? And, and those guys who are already stateside are already done. Forget about this. Uh, but uh, the complex league, the complex White Sox, and believe me, they were very complex. They always are, uh, are, are finished. Uh, they finished, I want to say, pretty strong. They were a little abysmal at the yeah. start, and they seemed to get a little they bit of a close kick. close to 500, yeah. Second uh, best record. Yeah. Okay. Well then, you know, my, my random, um, dumbass clueless hunch, though a Sox fan, clueless hunch, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, supplanted once again by the Oakland athletics fan. Uh, but there were some real bright spots, I think, um, all around, not just pitching or hitting, but, uh, there were some strong performances in that very, very short season. Yeah. Uh, you could point to a lot of the 2021 draft picks that mm-hmm. had a pretty de- decent season. Um, Halen green, probably, foremost i think he went nine or ten innings didn't allow a run um but i tried to i try to stay away for this portion of it uh from the rookies because a uh even if they didn't do well i don't want to put a ton of stock in it because you're going from college or high school to playing the best of college and the best of the dsl um uh and even if they did really well uh it's Halen Green, I think, is already 24. So that's not a you know a huge surprise. I don't want I, well, listen. But. I don't want to interrupt you, Darren. But the proper. Oh, I mean, we always want to be good with style. Proper style is horned frog Halen Green. But other than horned that, frog. yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't forget about the alliteration with horned frog Halen Green. But um, so I started off with uh, Missy L. Gonzalez. Um, Mostly because he, so he was drafted in 2019 out of high school. He was, the 2019 draft had a lot of high schoolers just in general drafted. um, And most of them didn't do so well. And then we were all excited for 2020 and then no season. And now here he is and he just crushed it in the ACL. Like crushed it enough to get uh, promoted to Kannapolis. He wasn't as good in Kannapolis uh, or well, not good really at all in Kannapolis, but was still showing a decent amount of pop, which was the surprising thing from his game. Because uh, in 36 games, drafted out of high school, mind you, he no homers mm-hmm. and only five extra base hits. And he went from this year to hitting eight homers in about 52 games uh, with 10 more extra base hits on top of that. Uh, so just a lot more power than we're used to seeing out of him. Uh, we'll see how... Well, we'll first see where he's placed next season. I'm guessing Kannapolis. Um, still got, still has a lot of proof, but he's just 20 still, so he's pretty young. He's just another guy to keep an eye on, uh, along with Luis Maisi. He's kind of similar-ish players, pretty toolsy, and if they put it together, it's guys that you definitely want to watch out for. Um, and then on the bad, it is probably the most disappointing player in the White Sox system is Benjamin Bailey. Because he went from just a fantastic 2019 Dominican Summer League, mind you. I've kind of been changing my tune on the DSL. I really think it's closer to college-level playing instead of maybe a bit closer to an actual Arizona Complex League uh, rookie where it's the best colleges. I think DSL is more like just normal, maybe Mac baseball, something like that. Right. Uh, But because he, again, more walks than Ks crushing it in, in uh, DSL. And then he just yep. totally, he, he still walked a decent amount, but his strikeouts doubled and sometimes tripled at times until he got it down in a, in Kannapolis. Um, but he really didn't earn another promotion from the AS, a, ACL uh, when he was demoted from Kannapolis was never really good this season at all. Um, so we're left at the point where right with Bryce Bush, are we just missing out on something that was fantastic or was it all kind of an illusion from uh, just a wacky kind of season? Um, so next year is going to be big for him. Not really sure where he's going to start because I guess maybe start in Kannapolis again, but maybe just be a bit more of a, a longer leash since next year would be his age 20 season. So he's still not really that old, but 
I, very I, concerning. I remember Darren at some point close to maybe a week before the trade deadline, I think a, a, a Pirates uh, fan came on Southside Sox and was sort of talking like, hey, what could it do? I think he was talking at Adam Frazier, whatever that guy's name is, went to San Diego and died uh, about a trade and like, hey, what would a trade be? You know, I mean, cool discussion in that. And I remember um, in his package was or a suggestion was Benjamin Bailey. And I, I, I remember responding because after all, I'm I'm the expert. Um that there's no way the White Sox are going to trade Benjamin Bailey. It's too weather. It's too uh, Tatisi. What you know, whatever. There's just no way they're going to do it. And I think, uh, you know, the season's still young. He may have already been demoted, but come on, you know that that's nothing. So what? Um, but of course, li- you know, literally like a week later, I thought to myself, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they could, yeah, they could have put they could have put him in that deal, yeah. given the fact that you you would have maybe gone into the season and maybe into the season considered like Jose Rodriguez. And Benjamin, Benjamin Bailey, you know, sort of yeah, someone those equal were, of those mm-hmm. uh, blue chips. Uh, yeah. The fact that it just, I mean, you, you know, you can't go in, in, in crazier uh, directions there. Let me start with a, a negative um, guy for me. Uh, I have two names that you did not mention. So I'm happy about that. It makes me feel like I have a clue. Uh, but we talked about him, I think, in a, in a podcast recently. And it's on the pitching side. It's, it's a guy who lit up the DSL, Ronaldo Guzman, who I think steadied himself yeah. somewhat, but... Wow, uh, just a, a really rough year. I can't speak to his performance as well as you, but uh, you know, tell me again what what happened there. Was it just an illusion because he was playing MAC competition in the DSL? Was that what it was, or is, is there something correctable uh, going forward for him? Well, there's certainly. I view every problem for a baseball player, unless they have the yips, or if it's something personal, emotional. Um, something's going on that you just have to deal with outside of baseball as fixable. Because the main thing that was Guzman's problem was just, it it was just command. Like he went from having, um, I remember Baseball America. I don't know if it was Ben Badler. It was somebody at Baseball America, but saying he's got an advanced change up and advanced change or advanced control um, for what he then was a 16 year old, which maybe it just didn't improve. And now that he's older, it's really not that advanced anymore. Um, but he came from, went from DSL to the Arizona Complex League, and his walks doubled. He was still striking out, you know, a fine number of guys. But the fact that his walks doubled that much, um, it, it is concerning, but it also is probably something that is maybe not easily fixable. But if you have a normal offseason for the first time in your professional career, which we hope is this offseason, um, he can kind of work with the White Sox guys and get his control back because he he was one of those guys that I was you know keep an eye on him maybe he'll be around in 2025 because I mean he's 16 <laughs> he's kind of he was 16 now he's, 18. he's gonna be able to vote drink and then he'll join the White Sox Perfect. yeah it's he's it's a long ways away even if he was doing well he still would have been a long ways away but um out of any of these probably bad guys that we've talked about uh that's not you know jared kelly who could easily just fix itself because yeah. he throws 98 um he probably is the guy that i would just if i'm keeping my updates uh i will probably keep him in there at the beginning of the next season and then have a little bit longer leash than i normally do mm-hmm. um like kind of how i did alec hansen a couple years ago was just kind of okay well he finally proved that he shouldn't be on here because he's not yeah. really relevant. Yeah. Um, and starting next year with Ronaldo Guzman, when in June or July, when the ACL starts, he'll be on there. Um, and hopefully he's got his command down. Okay, Darren, um, again, even though you have moved to the uh, West Coast and abandoned our White Sox team, you yeah. do, you're well aware that I, um, well, let's face it, I am. Well, I used to be the AZL whisperer. Now I'm the ACL whisperer. I whispered to Jose Rodriguez. He turned into Popeye and look at the year he had. Uh, so I'm going to pick a guy from the ACL who I just, I'm, I'm truly amazed by when I, uh, I don't actually watch a lot of the guys, but I do read the box scores and I, um, you know, I, I, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express or whatever that, yeah, maybe that was the commercial everybody just listened to at, at midpoint. Uh, but when I looked at the box scores, I thought this, I with not looking at position. I thought, okay, this guy's like a corner infielder. He's sort of mashing. He's, oh, he's stolen a couple of bases. Huh? This guy's an under, I know we weren't, you're not talking about rookies. So fine, but I will Terrell Tatum, who has already been promoted 
he's a center fielder and he had me fooled into thinking he was like a first baseman with some of some of the I mean I don't know what his ISO was maybe it was two I, I don't know but it seemed to me like he was mashing hell out of the ball in Arizona seemed to be doing pretty well including s- stealing bases at, at uh, on a whim uh once promoted um for a guy who I don't think was even drafted he certainly was not hyped in any way uh, I'm impressed yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he was an undrafted free agent. Um, which obviously going from forty picks to twenty picks means they're probably gonna sign more of those guys. Uh but yeah, I mean he he didn't show home run power, but he had the same amount of extra base hits as singles in uh the ACL. Um and had a, about a one seventy ISO, which is pretty good for uh, a guy like him. Um I'm not I'm not sure where he's gonna end up eventually. He did had a he had a cameo in Winston Salem. He didn't all right, but uh, the things that jump out at me just from his really short time playing is he. It seems like he's got a lot of patience. Over twenty percent walks, which uh, is Yasmani Grandal level, <laughs> um, if you're trying to put a comparison to it. Um, but obviously he's undrafted, so those guys are going to have to prove a ton before they. Uh, going in front of anybody like he was passed over for promotion to Canapolis because that outfield is full of uh, you know guys that really weren't playing well and just needed to get at bats and end the season um, so they don't think he's better than anybody at low A right now but um, if maybe he has a decent career like Ian Dawkins and then just keeps improving I don't know he's got a uh, he's got some time but just from his early stint, he's probably not going to, you know, be one of the released guys uh, next year come June when all the uh, draftees start coming. Hey, Darren Black, um, he can, so good for him. He can, he can do what he wants to try and talk my guy down. It ain't happening. The, the Southside yeah, Sox no. hype train for Terrell Tatum has left the station. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, he is the guy who just stood out. And I think you could easily say uh, Wilfred Veris, a guy who I believe came out of DSL. Unbelievably yeah, mashing here. Uh, as well. So I certainly don't want to overlook him and the draft choices, the two top guys, they quitted themselves pretty well. Colson Montgomery sort of started slower than West cap, but then I think he sort of got a little more legs. As I think they pretty much maybe by the end of the season ended up, I don't want to say roughly the same, but maybe roughly the same, but I think decent for this, you know, sneeze of a, Hey, you're a professional now go play baseball for a while um, type yeah. of shock. Uh, and, you know, I think it bodes well for uh, the full season next year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, again, I don't want to, I don't like putting a ton of stock into rookies getting their first thing because we've already talked about their more better competition, uh, but also it's the longest they've ever played baseball in their lives in terms of calendar year uh, or the amount of games. So if I'm looking at Colson Montgomery, I see zero homers and only seven doubles. He's not a zero homer guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he'll he be fine. Um, he's just probably just lost a ton of power just because, you know, he's never played into September ever in his life. Um, but the plate discipline looked good. Um, not putting a ton of stock in it, but it's always good when they do well, at least. Um, and Sean Burke, another guy, probably one mm-hmm. of their better pitchers they took. I think he actually got up to Kannapolis, if I remember correctly. And uh, I mean, he was doing really well. A uh, guy out of junior college, so a bit more advanced than Montgomery and Cass. But uh, yeah, 2021 draft looks decent so far. And you and you can't blame Colson. I, I actually did see some footage of him, and he would come into the batter's box, and he would he would either be because um, of course all of you are watching, not listening to the podcast. So you can see my motions here. He would be doing a little bit of fainting. He would be doing the um, just the shuffle drill, or he'd actually be uh, uh, doing a, a jump shot motion. And that's because about this time, uh, normally he's getting ready for basketball season. So, uh, just the fact he's still playing baseball has got to be even a, maybe a little weird to him. So we're going to cut him some slack for maybe yeah. completely vacating his power. And next year is thing like the A's first rounder. Oh, they didn't lose what? Tyler Murray to another sport. So ah, that that's back, true. And yet everything goes and, back to the A's. And yet you're sticking with them. I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I have to appreciate the dedication you've shown this team that you've been a lifelong fan of for the last five and a half days, Darren, I listen, it's admirable. And I, if I had a hat on right now, I would tip it. Uh, I look forward to talking more with you sooner than three weeks from now, if only to see what hat you're wearing next. Uh, but we do plan on programming note, I guess, as we uh, anxiously await for the White Sox to clinch the playoffs and sort of get to that next phase. Cause we've all been 
it seems like the entire site has just been uh, slumbering antsy. Uh, for a while. And yes, antsy yet sort of like, I don't want to get too close. Uh, I do not want to do a podcast with Brett uh, because I just want the playoffs to begin. Although careful what you ask for, because apparently we might have no pitchers by the time the playoffs begin. But at any rate for the minors, Hey, listen, seasons are largely over, but the podcast isn't, we are going to be talking maybe more briefly than we did just now here, Darren, but we are going to drill down a little deeper into each team that's already done. Uh, I don't know when we're going to start that. Maybe we'll wait for the Charlotte season to be over, which is the, the same as the, the Major League uh, Baseball regular season. Uh, so maybe that's coming in October. Maybe that's coming next week. I don't know. We're just winging it here. The I haven't clinched, so who, maybe we won't have any playoff coverage. Who knows? But we will uh, address um, um, Charlotte in great detail. We, we might start with Birmingham in great detail, the, the tragic uh, fall of the Birmingham Barons. Uh, but we will get a little deeper into all of the rosters um, in spite of how deep we already got into some guys. Now Darren's like, he's making notes like, okay, Terrell Tatum. Okay. Uh, who are the other guys? Oh, I got I to gotta scout Colson McGurmy's basketball moves. Okay. So, I mean, you know, listen, I've given him, given him some assignments. He's also juggling all his new A's guys. So, I mean, there's a, he's got a lot on his plate. So hopefully in a week's time, we did get off of the week uh, schedule uh, for the last couple, but hopefully in a week's time, we'll have at least maybe one of those roster previews. Maybe we will start with Birmingham, but we'll be talking minors at least in the near term. I don't know if this thing is going to go like all off season or not. Who knows? We'll have the fall league to talk a little bit about because we're going to have to find out how great JB Olson does for the Glendale desert dogs, because we're all waiting for that. Um, we'll have some things to talk about. Maybe we won't go every week, but um, you know, I just got to find out who Darren is a lifelong fan of next. I kind of know because he doesn't talk to me. The only time we talk is on these podcasts. You know, and I get to catch up and can see how the family's doing, how the house pets are and who he's rooting for, who he's got season tickets for. So apparently we know now uh, Southside Sox electorate and fan base. It is the Oakland athletics. Maybe once they're eliminated mm-hmm. from the playoffs, have they already been once they're eliminated from the playoffs, maybe nice. it'll be a new team. Yep. I'm going to go play with my dog, Connie Mack. I'll be, be right back. <laughs> Once he finally gets his, his steroid party pack through the mail via Canada, uh, you know, that Darren will finally have crossed that off his list and he'll be able to move, move on to another team like uh, Philadelphia yeah. Phillies. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Bryce Harper podcast number 18. Who's oh, to say? It's my favorite. Uh, but thanks. Thanks for uh, hopping back on. It's not even a Monday and you hop back on with me, Darren. I appreciate it. Good to catch up with you again. See how the family's doing. Uh, see how the, how the diet's working out, uh, work vehicle, whether it's, uh, got started up in this cold weather now. Uh, so good to catch up. Thank you everybody for, as always, uh, a reading, listening, sometimes even watching. We promise we will have 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. I know something like that. We'll have plenty of those because we will be devoting podcasts to each one of the teams as sort of a wrap up sort of thing. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of pithy information for you that will make you laugh and make you wonder, geez, does Darren really have a dog named Connie Mac? Hey, tune in next week and you'll find out. Maybe you'll hear him barking. It'll be sort of an old, oldish bark, but you know, It'll be very distinctive. I think I see him in the reflection of the window right there. So, Darren, thanks for hopping on. Uh, Good to talk to you again. Good to see you again. And look forward to seeing who you're rooting for uh, in a week. I'll be here.